say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's time to fade the chalk. Fade the chalk. Presented by the FTN Network. Helping you win your fantasy leagues and dominate in DFS. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Brown and Adam Pfeiffer. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Fade the Chalk Live. I'm your host, Eric Brown of FTNFantasy.com. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam Pfeiffer. And today, we're going to talk about trade candidates. Walking into Week 8, players you need to be getting on and off your rosters. Adam, good morning. What's going on, man? Morning. Yeah, um, I. it's always fun when you do a full 35-minute waiver wire podcast and then... One of the five, I'd say probably three. I'd say probably Man. one of the three main players we discussed uh, gets placed on the COVID list about an hour after you uh, publish an episode. But yeah, Madness and Green Bay right now, hopefully everybody's okay. But um, they are going to be extremely shorthanded on Thursday. And it sucks too because like this Cardinals-Packers game was going to be one of the best games of the season. And it still could be because there's still a really bad man wearing yellow and green. On the Packers that can do anything even without Devontae Adams, but yeah, it's uh, it takes away some of the appeal of that game for sure. It's craziness, man. I mean, we're seeing all a bunch of players ruled out constantly, and I mean, it is what it is. It's the day and the age we live in with COVID and stuff like that. It's something we have to account for in fantasy and in the world. But yeah, man, them losing Devontae Adams probably not be playing. Alvin Lazar not playing. I mean, you're really looking at. We already kind of knew where the ball was going to go in Green Bay, but now we really know where the ball is going to go in Green Bay. Like, maybe MVS gets activated for this game, but... Sounds like I mean, he will, but like... It sounds like it, but who knows? This this has all the makings of a Randall Cobb 11 target game. Yep. I mean... For like 60 <laughs> yards, but maybe... I mean, hell, in PPR leagues, you're still backstroking, if you, right? Like, that's if, a you streamed, if you streamed Bob Tunyon last week, you're probably going back to him. Because yep. there's just not many other pass catchers there, and Aaron Jones might have 11 catches in this game. So, well, yeah, I think we're kind of burying the lead here because I honestly think like this is going to be a massive. Like we're talking about, we you mentioned it, Aaron Jones game. I honestly think Green Bay could just keep the ball on the ground. I mean, Arizona's had problems stopping the run all year. This could be a massive uh, Aaron Jones game. This could be a big AJ Dillon game too. Like they could take the air out of the ball some. And just decide to run. And if they decide to do that five, like I think they're going to have a lot of success doing it. So you could see if you're really struggling and AJ Dillon happens to be sitting out there on the waiver wire, somebody dropped him in a pinch, what have you, 
This could be a I game bet you, we see A.J. Dillon get like 15-plus carries. Listen, I had to flex A.J. Dillon in a league last week. Obviously, it didn't go well. He don't even think he scored positive points because he had a fumble. And a lot of other people probably had to do it, too, because he had six teams on bye. And after that, they were like, okay, now my, my players from bye are back. A.J. Dillon just got me .7 points or whatever. I'm cutting him. So he's. I think the last time I looked, he was like 60% rostered. So, yeah, he's still out there a little bit. Um, But, yeah, like – and we're going off on it. I mean, maybe this is like a quick Thursday night preview, right? But um, if Devontae Adams does get ruled out, there's still a short list of quarterbacks I'm starting over Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. I understand mm-hmm. he's not going to have potentially his two top receivers, but like – I'm not starting like Trevor Lawrence or Daniel Jones or some of the streamers we talked about over him. The one player that I would would probably start over him or a couple is probably like Kirk Cousins and maybe Joe Burrow. But like after that, like I'm still I still have trust and faith in Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers will play well enough. I mean, if you've got other options, I mean, if you need the ceiling, I don't actually mind playing Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers. If you need the ceiling, like. The fact of it is, is like, we might not see a ceiling performance. Might we see a good game. Maybe he gets into the top 12, but maybe you're more or less looking at like a QB2 performance from Aaron Rodgers in this game. Like, just, it's not going to crush you in any single week. But like, if you're in one of those spots where you need ceiling and it's like, I really need a massive game to win this week, I don't mind chasing the points with Daniel Jones, but I mean, I'm not crazy with that. No, I guess it's a good point, right? Like, Rodgers is going to get like, I don't think there's, I mean, it's Rodgers and Brady, like the quarterbacks that like get so many touchdowns from inside the five, right? Like we know that, but Adams is a huge part of that, obviously. Um, if you're like a massive underdog, like Daniel Jones could legitimately run for like 70 yards against the Chiefs. I talked about that on the waiver podcast. So it's like, I get that, but like, I'm not going like, like Carson Wentz. I like this week, but I'm not, I still would prefer Rodgers. Um, but I get it. It's it's obviously less exciting if Adams. There's still a chance we'll probably we might actually know by today, right Wednesday, if Adams is going to mm-hmm. play or not because they they have to go to Arizona for a Thursday night game. So um, you know, it would move him to like QB like eight to twelve instead of maybe like you know four to six. But mm-hmm. um, I just listen. I'm obviously younger than a lot of other people, so for me, Aaron Rodgers is no. the is the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Brady's the GOAT, don't get me wrong. Brady's the GOAT. But Rodgers, in terms of talent, is still the best I've ever seen, so I'm not counting him out, ever. I mean, I I get that. I totally understand it, man. Um, It just kind of depends on what you're going to need out of your team for this week. Would you go Would you go Rodgers or Tannehill? Ugh, I would take Rodgers. I don't I don't want anything to do with Tannehill this year. I don't, I, look, I get the matchup look, is so good. So far, you were right about that. I, to be fair, Julio and AJ Brown have missed a lot of time, but uh, Tannehill's also just not looked very good. So, uh, I mean, you know, that happens when the play calling's terrible around him. So, you know, part of that has to be brought up here as well. All right, man, before we get into these trade targets, and, and we talked a little bit about Thursday night football and some other things here, before we get into the meat and potatoes of this show, got to bring up, man, like a lot of the trade stuff we're going to roll through here, you got to get signed up for FT and Fantasy today. Get signed up with the promo code FTC. Save 10%. Um, we're going to discuss some of the trade targets that I mentioned in Chris Mee's fantastic article. Not all of them, mind you, because this man rolls through like 20 plus players every single week. Going to discuss some of the most traded players right now over at CBS. And as well as, look, 
Adam and I are taking over the show, man. We are the captains now. If you were listening to this after the fact on podcast form, you have already missed the Top Prop Takeover today on Twitter. Head over to Top Prop Fantasy on Twitter today. Get Follow them, first of all, and then head over to the website. You can get signed up with the promo code FTN. Import your leagues. And what this is, it's a beautiful format. They're launching their Battleground format today. You can sit here and, and make head-to-head contests on this based off of your redraft leagues. As well as player lines, man. Like, I'm looking at a few of the lines that are live right now, and you can claim these contests. Like, we got Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Thursday Night Football, uh, Adam. Uh, I- I'm going to get your take on this real fast. Aaron Rodgers versus Kyler Murray. They're giving five points to Aaron Rodgers. Which side of this are you taking? For me, I'm still going Kyler Murray, but where do you stand? Five points is not, like, like that's that's Five that's points very is generous, no- my man. It's very notable. Um, yep. I will say DeAndre Hopkins hasn't practiced yet this week, but we even on short weeks we know he's one of the one of the players in the league that can miss all of practice and still play, and I fully expect him to still play. Um, I mean the Packers defense is still so beat up, right? No, no Jair mm-hmm. Alexander, no Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark's been banged up. He returned to the game last week. I would probably still assume like if Adams plays, I'm taking Rodgers. But if he doesn't, and I Lazard's, mean, we're right now sitting here, right now, we yeah, don't yeah, I mean, Rod right, right now, right now, I will go, I will go, Kyler Murray. But yeah, if if Adams plays, the lot, the, the five point line is is pretty damn generous, man. Like, yeah, it's and be obviously close. that's that line is, you know, obviously because of Adams. Like, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be plus five for Rodgers if Adams wasn't on the COVID list. But if he's mm-hmm. if he somehow plays, that's an easy spot for that's an easy Rodgers smash, like easy. I mean that's that's worth noting. So if you want to hedge it and and whether you're running you you I mean in this contest you're claiming this. Um I yeah. I, I, I still lean Kyler, but yeah, if you were to want to go Rogers on the the slim chance that Adams plays, I don't hate Dude, that I at just, all, but I just want I just wish Adams Kyler. could play, man. Like you have <laughs> arguably the two best receivers in football. You have two of the best pro- no uh Tampa Bay's still there, but the two of the three best teams in the NFC well, four. I forgot the Rams, but like, I I just want him to play. I it's yeah. I, he's it's my these fa- island games, man. These island games keep keep getting kiboshed. Like either we have like injured players, um, bad teams playing. I thought the Thursday like, night Ew. games have been pretty good for the most part. Like last yeah. week's game was probably the worst, right? It was you know Case Keenum and the Browns depleted offense and but like it was still a one possession game that went down to the final possession and we got to see Dearness Johnson like emerge so that was fun so like the Thursday night games have been i think really good so hopefully and like at the end of the day if Adams plays or not we're still going to have Kyler against Aaron Rodgers so that'll be fun in itself yeah i just i, I want to keep watching Kyler man he he's been playing out of his mind dude he's not even running here. this year wait like wait till he starts running a little bit because he's He's dicing people up through the air with deep passes, everything. And, like, you look at his stat line, it's like, oh, he had 335 yards and four touchdowns, but he only had eight <laughs> rushing yards. It's like, wait, if he starts getting 40 rushing yards a game, it's it's over. Like, you're, it's it's done. Yeah. I mean, he's crushing it in fantasy for everybody right now. And you're talking about it. We haven't even seen or actualized the rushing ceiling. If that happens in any single week, like, he's going to go nuclear. Like, Kyler literally hasn't in his range of outcomes to go 300 and 100 in any single week. I mean, that that is definitively possible. Uh, but enough talk about this Thursday night football game, Adam. 
Let's get to these trade targets, man. Kick us off here. Who are you looking to trade for? Yeah, I tweeted about it. Um, things I did yesterday. I ate food and I tried to <laughs> trade for T. Higgins. Um, look, I understand the usage is kind of Juju Smith-Schuster-like in terms of yards per target and everything like that and average depth of target. But he had 11 first-half targets last game, finished with 15. And, like, Jamar Chase is the alpha. He's, he's like, I believe somebody on this podcast named Derek Brown said Jamar Chase could be like a Devontae Adams type player. And while the target share has been there, so he's been he's been like you can't count five receivers in the NFL that have been better than him so far. Now obviously the regression's coming for him. He's not gonna have a touchdown every game, a fifty yard reception every game, but Oh, wait a minute, Adam, you don't think he's going for like two thousand yards and fifty touchdowns? And then on the pace that he's currently on? <laughs> I mean, if the rest of the defenses try to tackle him like the Ravens did on Sunday. Ooh. Probably. Oh my God! The jokes and videos on social media talking about <laughs> it was bad. Um, it but was anyway, so good. <laughs> you you look at it right now. T. Higgins leads this team in target share. It's not Jamar Chase. Like we've talked about, it. Jamar Chase has been getting there off big plays and touchdowns, but it's not like he's seeing eight to twelve targets every game. Um, T. Higgins has a twenty-seven percent target share so far this season. I believe Jamar Chase is just over twenty-four percent. So for me. I've talked about my concerns about the Bengals being able to support all three receivers because they're bottom five in pace. Their passing rate was higher last game, but that's because they weren't really, you know, running it against the Ravens. And when you have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow playing how they're playing, why not air it out? But as a whole, they're still running the ball quite a bit. So that worries me about Tyler Boyd, who I think you can't start right now, but Higgins is still getting the targets. Like when these three receivers have been active, Boyd's averaging like just under four receptions and like, five targets and like 35 receiving it's bad the numbers are bad but Higgins is still getting really reliable targets Joe Burrow's playing Joe Burrow's had one bad game it was that Bears game and you he's been looking better each week uh more comfortable coming off that injury so for me like I think Higgins went into this season being drafted as like a wide receiver too I still think there's a potential path he gets there but right now you can get him as a wide receiver three or a flex and I feel I still think there's a lot to like about that because Still an immensely talented player. He still gets a lot of the end zone targets on this team. And he's getting now he's getting like he's picking up all of Tyler Boyd's targets. And Joe Mixon's targets have like disappeared. Like he's not running routes. He's not playing on third downs. So it's like Higgins is I think he's the best by low in fantasy right now. I, I like T. Higgins a lot. I mean, what did he get like 14, 15 freaking targets last yeah, he had, week? Man? He had 15, 11 in the first half. Yeah, he had 11 Lord. in the first half. And it was like the most Calvin Ridley esque performance. Like twenty twenty one Calvin Ridley. Let's, uh, let's, yes, twenty. It's, it's and, and by the way, I'm not I'm that. not mentioning Ridley on this podcast again as a buy low. I understand they're not throwing him the ball deep, but the targets are there, and he's one of the best receivers in football. So it's just kind of a a simple case to trade for somebody when they're an elite player getting a twenty eight percent target share. Just yeah, we 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 like that for our wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, you you chase the volume. So, yeah, I'm not out on Calvin Ridley, and I'm not out on T. Higgins. Like, the other thing we need to talk about here is T. Higgins, I mean, he was banged up earlier this year with a shoulder injury, correct? Um, Yeah, he missed two games. I mean, can we not say it? Like, I know, and I get it. Like, I think the the entire consciousness about injuries around uh, the NFL and in fantasy is like, oh, said player is playing? He's good to go. He's 100%. Said player is not on the injury report. He's good to go. He's 100%. 
dude, how many times when we, after the season, we get reports of, oh, so-and-so is playing on a broken foot. Oh, so-and-so is playing with a ripped up shoulder. Oh, so-and-so is playing, wearing a damn sling every single week. And, and it's like, none of these things come out during the season. So it's like, I, I don't know if T. Higgins is fully healthy. He's rounding in health. The farther we get out from the shoulder injury, maybe he's getting healthier. The fact that he's getting fed volume, I know he's not being super efficient with it right now. But this is all to say that, like, and the point I'm trying to make here is that if T. Higgins was substantially hurt and he's still recovering from said injury, if he keeps getting fed this volume, I think you do see the efficiency pick up with what he's doing with the volume Possibly as the season goes along. And yes, do I have nothing to base this off of? Absolutely. But considering we're not seeing him be efficient right now with the volume he's being given, I think he's still going to get fed the volume on a weekly basis. Like, I don't think Tyler Boyd is going to be a high target volume uh, guy in this offense. They've, I mean, we've seen this over too many weeks, Adam. Like, the passing attack runs through Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. And here's another thing. The Bengals just keep ripping off huge touchdowns, so they're not getting in close as much. Like their their red zone trips, yeah. I'm gonna actually pull up where they rank in terms of red zone scoring attempts per game because CJ Uzama has what three touchdowns this year? They've all come from like 40 they've yards all come out, from way out. Chase yep. keeps ripping off 60 yard touchdowns every week, so it's taking away red zone uh, trips from this team, which is where T Higgins can really. Really, well, he's pay the off guy when they get in the red zone. Exactly. He leads the team in end zone targets. He leads them in red zone targets, and that's after even missing two games. So exactly. like he scored really, the first really two games point. of the season, and then he got hurt, and now he's back to getting the targets. But they keep ripping off these huge plays. Uh, Cincinnati right now is, dude. Listen to this. <laughs> listen. So, are the Cincinnati Bengals a bad offense? Nope. There's one team with fewer red zone scoring attempts per game this year than the Cincinnati Bengals, and you can guess who it is. Oh, Lord, help me. Are you serious? That's, it's the Houston Texans. 31st? 1.9 per game wow. for the Texans, 2.0 per game for the Bengals. That is going to skyrocket at least to like 15, That's going to change. We're, you're going to see that come back. Right. They're a good man. offense. They're going to be able to drive the ball. Joe Burrow's playing great. And once they get inside the five... It's T. Higgins' time. Unless if Mixon doesn't score, it's going to be T. Higgins. Like like I said, Uzama has like three forty plus yard touchdowns. Like that's the best case I think to buy low on T. Higgins right there. I I think it's a fantastic point. I love the fact that we've gotten this deep in the discussion where this has come up because I think it's a amazing point for T. Higgins because if he's the guy that's going to be used in the red zone, and we've seen that, like even last year, dude, like. And the one of the reasons everybody put it off on Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow can't throw a deep ball. Joe Burrow's crap at throwing to certain sidelines, like making all these like Mitch Trubisky esque like like these conversations, like he can't throw outside the numbers. He had shit for wide receivers that were running deep, dude. T Higgins and and I, I'm gonna bring this up because AJ Green was the deep receiver in the in this offense. He was not efficient. Now whether that was Yes, we're seeing A.J. Green play better this year in Arizona. Part of that could be A.J. Green was just like, screw this, man. I'm done here. Like, I am done. Or he could have still been coming off and knocking the rust off. We don't know that. But the point being is that, like, they were using A.J. Green as a deep receiver in the same role as Jamar Chase last year, and he was absolutely god-awful in it. They used Tyler Boyd deep down the field last year. Literally, neither one of these receivers, I want to say, like, when I went back and looked at this preseason, they called like two out of like, it was something astronomical, Adam, like 
Two out of 16, two out of 19 deep targets between the two of them. They were god-awful. And I talked about this in my preseason write-up for this offense. I was like, Joe Burrow was a really good deep ball passer in college. If if this link with Jamar Chase and that efficiency comes back into the NFL, this offense could explode. And we're seeing that. Like, Jamar Chase has been a massive difference maker. And it wasn't the problem of Joe Burrow not being able to throw deep down the field. A lot of this was the fact that they had receivers in poor roles or receivers that were miscast or whatever. They didn't want to be on the damn team. So I think the fact of like, they're not going to keep scoring from 50, 60 yards out is a fantastic point because the red zone trips are going to go up. This is a good offense. And with that, they're going to get more scoring drives, man. So you talked a lot about T. Higgins. We talked about this. I'm going to go to, and maybe we're going to go back to Thursday Night Football. And I know I brought his name up before, but I still think that people are underwhelmed and they're underselling this man's production. And that's Chase Edmonds, dude. I got to bring him up here again because I think that for a position where people are hurting for for production from, and everybody's seeing James Conner score all of these damn touchdowns, and they're saying, oh, my Lord, why, why is Chase Edmonds not that good? Okay, first of all, people, he was hurt. He was on, on the injury report with a shoulder issue that limited him to freaking seven, eight touches a game uh, over the last two games. Yeah, eight touches a game from weeks five to six. Before that, weeks one to four, he was the RB12 in PPR. And this is without scoring no touchdowns. So we're talking about, and people are like, okay, well, James Conner is the goal linebacker. Chase Edmonds, when he was healthy, the opportunities inside the red zone were not that different between him and James Conner. Edmonds had 10, Conner had 14. Chase Edmonds is not going to go the rest of the damn season not scoring touchdowns. So if you're telling me he's going to get, and last week, he got 16 total touches and 90 total yards. They went this to him. Guy, like We were all waiting for James Conner to get the fourth quarter, uh, end of the game carries. Yeah, and I played him in DFS Edmonds. thinking he got about 20 carries and 100 yards last Dude, week. Dude, I wrote about it in the value him. article. So yep. it, prior to yesterday or prior to Sunday, they played like three or four games where they've won by like 14 or more points. In those games, yep. James Conner was averaging just over 16 carries per game. But Edmonds wasn't on the injury report ahead of last week. Yep, they took him off. No designation walking into the game. And with all of that, this is all to say, dude, like at a position where people are hurting for production from. I don't think that people understand that Chase Edmonds literally has it in his range of outcomes to be a top 10 back the rest of the season. Like, I think he's top 15 rest of the season. It's a t- if he scores touchdowns, because here's the thing. In the sample size we saw weeks one through four, and I said this before when I brought his name up, but people are still not making moves because I'm looking at the CBS list, Adam, and we see it every single week. Have you seen Chase Edmonds' name on there at all for the most traded four players? No, we have not. Which means people are still not listening to this. And you need to. Because if Chase Edmonds had scored touchdowns in weeks one through four, he wouldn't have been the RB12. He'd have been a top five back. That's a fact. Because he did it with no touchdown production. So you're looking at all of this is based off of yardage. Okay, we think he's still going to get the yardage because he's in a really good offense. And they're running the ball. And he's been efficient. And now he's not injured. So the touchdown regression swings back in his favor you're looking at a back that has massive upside for the rest of the season. Go get Chase Edmonds now. So I want to see where you have Edmonds penciled in. So let's go through the running back position. Obviously, these running backs you're taking over Edmonds without question. Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, McCaffrey when he's back, Eckler, 
Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, assuming he plays this week, he would, and with Hunt out, you're taking him. Um, James Robinson. Okay. Daryl Henderson. Yep. Um, listen, you can't deny this. I mean, at this how, point. how many running, how many running backs? We That's one, 12? two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Henderson was eleven. So this running back, you can't deny it at this point. I'm sorry. Leonard Fournette, you're not taking Edmonds over Fournette at this point. You can't. You can't. No, I'm not. I'll, ta- I'll take Lenny. I'll take Lenny. All right, so you're looking at Chase Edmonds. Cordero, I'm not what? done. Cordero I Patterson. I know you're not done. I know you're trying to Pat- push him down. <laughs> Cordero Patterson. Patterson's so, getting the work we want Edmonds to get, but he's getting it more consistently because they don't have eight other players to throw the football to. I'd rather have Patterson. I think it's a really interesting conversation, dude. Um, I might slightly... It, it's... Who's the player that you're about to mention behind Patterson? Because I think this is the range right here. For yeah, me. there's a couple. So, um, I, I can't. I know you're up. trying to push him outside the top fifteen. No, no, no. I was, I was debating bringing <laughs> this player up, but he's on IR right okay. now. I can't bring it. Like Chris Carson and Cream Hunt, they're on IR. I'm not going to mention no, them. No. Elijah Mitchell, not going to catch I'm passes. Still, I'm taking Edmonds. I'm yeah, taking I get it. Edmonds. Elijah Mitchell. I don't believe played a single third he's, down. He's with not Hasty catching back. any passes. He's literally San Francisco's Damian Harris. Right. That's what Elijah Mitchell is. Um. And then I don't think at this point you. I think you'd rather have Edmonds and Javante Williams, right? Yeah, I would take Edmonds over that. Okay, that, I think Denver. that's where it ends. And there's teams on by, right? So he's RB. J- what Jacobs? 14, Jacobs right? is on by. I think I'd rather have Edmonds. And then obviously you want Edmonds over the Baltimore backs. Uh, what about Daryl Williams? I would take Edmonds. Okay, because if if C. E. H. Oh, and, comes and back. Barkley, Barkley when he's back, so that's another one. Oh Lord! All right, so, so he's <laughs> so he's what he's RB sixteen fifteen. No, yeah, 15? I would prefer um, Patterson. Oh, we didn't. So there's one running back we didn't mention. I think we can tie this into trade away. That's Antonio okay. Gibson. Oh, yep. I I would have I have Gibson lower than Chase. Rest there of are season. massive um, concerns with Antonio Gibson right now. They just dude, brought in and we we saw the backs. reports. And this is I brought this up yesterday over on the Fantasy Pros podcast, dude. Like, there's big concerns. There was big concerns before we saw the practice reports come out yesterday. And I was over there talking about this, and I'm glad we're bringing this up again here because Antonio Gibson is a sell high, massive sell high. Like, I think I mean, he's that, not really a sell high. He's just, I just like you just sell him. Like, <laughs> like we sell high trade, compared to where I think his rest of season is going to look like. It, man. it sucks too because like the guy's playing through a, a fracture in his shin, and look, we talked about Gibson a lot, and especially in the preseason, right? It was. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, he's not playing third downs in the preseason. Here we go again. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's whatever. I don't care because Washington's defense is supposed to be good. He's not going to face as many. Like, Washington was None of us fi- saw them coming yeah. out and being were, a terrible-ass defense. They None were top five, I believe, in what? Plays ran uh, when trailing last year. And we we're like, oh, their defense clearly looks like it's on the rise. They're going to be good. And yep. granted, they looked better last week, but they're still bad. And that's crushing Antonio Gibson because McKissick's obviously – very, very valuable in that passing downs role. Gibson's clearly not 100%. They're working out running backs. Like, it, it's Gibson was pushing like back end first round, you know, early second round in drafts this, this summer, and it's just clearly not going to happen. So, like, if you can get, I don't even know if somebody who had Leonard Fournette on their team would take Gibson straight up for Fournette. You might have to give up no. like a bench player too, but like you're gonna have to give up something else. I would try to give up Gibson in a piece for like James Robinson, Daryl Henderson. Uh, maybe if somebody's worried about Nick Chubb. You can give up Gibson in a piece for that for for that trade. Like it's 
it, it's it's unfortunate because it's not really his fault, right? Like he's he's still a good no, player, but the injury, it's like every week, it's like he's going to be questionable, and it's just like it almost feels like a matter of time before he just puts an IR and they kind of let him rest. Yeah. I think like, and that's almost kind of where I'm at. Like I. I don't understand why they didn't just put him on IR whenever this cropped up instead of making him play through this. And now we're getting all these inefficient games. If you put him on IR, he gets time to rest this, let this heal and stuff like that. Miss three games, come back and he's effective and he's a motor and he can be the engine that you need for the offense. Instead, I was just making him slog through it. It's all good. You know, like before the injury popped up, we had Antonio Gibson like averaging 17 total touches a game, 90, 95 total yards. Since the injury, hmm, 16 and a half touches a game. Volume hasn't changed. 61 total yards per game. The effectiveness is just down, dude, and it sucks. It's less than 13 receiving yards in four straight. Like, I mean, you can't tell me the injury is not playing a part. And I know he's he's fighting the good fight. He, he's being strong. He's saying all the right things in the media that he needs to say. Like, oh, it's not affecting how I'm cutting. It's not affecting. Dude, come on. I mean, I've had I've had hairline fractures and stretch fractures and 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 my lower legs before. It makes a difference. Um, so. Oh yeah, you could. How many yards per game did you average? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, pro- I mean, yeah. Probably about the same amount. On a weekly basis, as uh, Alex Collins did last week. <sighs> so, you know, is what it is. Um, but Antonio Gibson, man, if you could trade him right now, I think the, the move right now is to just to sell. Um, and, and, and yeah, I, I miscast this as a sell high. It's really just trade him away. What's their, and, uh, what's their schedule? I know they have Denver this week. After this, they got Denver. They got I know they have Tampa, Tampa Bay coming up. Yep. Carolina, Seattle, the Raiders, and Dallas. So the Raiders he's got are, some. The Raiders, Raiders are, and good. are good. Uh, Carolina's a good matchup too for him. I mean, they're bottom five in explosive run rates allowed. But I mean, if he's not healthy, this is Jarrett Patterson or JD McKissick taking advantage of this matchup, and not Antonio Gibson. I just I. I I worry about him making it through the rest of the season, making it through the rest of the season effective, or much less even playing out the entirety of the season. So I, I would be trying to trade him, man. Like, I'm not saying like sell low, but I would be trying to lump him with another player. That way you can upgrade a position. And whether that's getting up at running back, whether that's getting up at what receiver, moving up a tier in those aspects, um, moving him for somebody else, like a buy low. Like, if you can go. 
across positions and say, okay, you need running back help. I need wide receiver help. I'll trade you my disappointing Antonio Gibson. You give me your disappointing Calvin Ridley. La, 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 la. Done. Would you trade, if you were kind of good at running back and had decent depth, would you trade Gibson for T. Higgins? Yes. I would do that. I would take T. Higgins. Um, I think the volume is sustainable. I think this offense is better. And like we're talking about, you're going to see more red zone trips, man. Um, a few other guys we got to bring up in here. And some of these are, are dude, Chris Meany. So I, I want to get your take on this because I find that I'm a little bit on the other side of this. I am a little bit higher on Miles Gaskin than I think a lot of consensus is, my friend. Chris Meany has him as a sell high in here. And I, and I, I get it. And I think that you lean on the side with, with Chris here. If you head over to FTN Fantasy, I don't know. roll through the article. I don't know Tell what me. side I'm on with Miles Gaskin. He's been the most difficult player to to Okay, to so peg. I'm going to lay out – I'll lay out Chris's case, and we'll talk about what what Meany walks through here a little okay. bit. got to give people a sneak peek. And then I'm going to give the other side of the coin, okay? And you tell me where you sit, okay? So Meany's sitting here talking about, okay, yes, Malcolm Brown's headed to the IR. That's one drop in the bucket for me. But he's talking about they're going to get Will Fuller, Devontae Parker back soon. And then I, they face the Buffalo Bills this week, which is not a good matchup. And after that, I mean, really like, okay, so Malcolm Brown's on the IR for three weeks. What happens to the backfield after he comes back, possibly? You know, so I think that, yes, these are concerns. The reason that I lean towards... Trading for Miles Gaskin. One, I don't think you're going to have to give up much to get Miles Gaskin. People that have had Miles Gaskin on the rosters are like, dear Lord, I don't know when to start him. I am, and the Malcolm Brown news is not earth shattering news. So it's not insane to say that maybe like this goes under the radar a little bit and people aren't like, Oh, Malcolm Brown's in the IR. Let's go. Like that might not be the case. So I think that with Miles Gaskin, you're looking at a player. Yes, Buffalo is a bad matchup. Not going to talk about that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay. Although I do think that if if Miami's going to move the ball this week, it's probably going to need to be on the ground because they're not going anywhere in the passing attack. But anyway, that, that's a conversation for another day uh, before we get off on a Bills tangent, when I know you would love to do right now. But you look after Buffalo, the next six games they have, Adam. Houston, Baltimore, the Jets. Carolina, the Giants, then the Jets again. You look at all of these teams are 25th or worse in explosive run rate allowed. So they're allowing big chunk plays on the ground. Miami's offensive line, we've talked about in previous weeks, is not great. So when you get good matchups that allow big plays, maybe some bumps in efficiency, Gaskin is going to get the passing down work. That's a fact. Salvin Ahmed's not going to run more routes than him. He outtouched the guy last week, uh, 19 to, let me see, let me find the little ticker here, 19 to 9. Outsnapped him 46 to 22 and got all the work inside of the 10-yard line. I think Miles Gaskin is a good buy low. I, I would be trading for him, and I don't think you're going to have to give up much more than, I mean, what, Adam, maybe a wide receiver three type to get him? Um, I really don't think it's going to cost you a lot to go get Miles Gaskin and a guy that like, yes, can Malcolm Brown factor into this backfield? Possibly. The other side of this is that Gaskin balls out over two of these next three games 
and they lean on him more in the upcoming matchups after that. Or Malcolm Brown doesn't come back, it doesn't factor in, or he stays out. All of these things are in the range of outcomes, because everybody's always like, well, I know the injuries. Uh-huh. <laughs> they didn't put him on IR, so he's coming back in three weeks. Oh, really? That's always something we could say. Oh, they put him on IR. He's definitely back in three weeks. Okay, sure. Tell me, let me know where you get your crystal ball from. I need to go buy one I as mean, well. I mean, where the hell is Christian McCaffrey then in that case? <laughs> Dude, just saying. I mean, we can't predict some of these injuries. You just can't tell. Teams lie, coaches lie. It happens. Thoughts on Gaskin. Where do you sit after I've laid out both sides of this case for you? I think you make a good point because... Like, we've seen so many times in so many games this year where Malcolm Brown gets the quote-unquote start, gets the first carry of the game, but then also gets a lot of the two-minute work and goal line stuff. Like, there's a chance that, like, Gaskin doesn't get all of the passing downs work, but I think he's getting the goal line work. Um, The only concern I really have is Miami's been so... They haven't been quite, like, Philadelphia level of, like, abandoning the run, but they've been pretty close. Um, But look, it's like... Everybody's going to be desperate for running backs. Miles Gaskin was actually picked up in a league I'm in, uh, like last week. Like somebody dropped him after the. It was he had the huge game against Tampa, followed it with the dud against Jacksonville, and then somebody was like, you know what, this is addict, not dealing with it, dropped him. Um, yeah, I think you could trade, like you said, like a wide receiver three, like somebody in that, like I don't know, um, like Michael Pittman range, like that type of range at wide receiver. You could probably trade and get Miles Gaskin. And I think he's locked into, you know, at least until Malcolm Brown comes back, you know, 14 to 16 touches per game. Um, had a receiving touchdown last week. So I think there's no way you can feel worse about Miles Gaskin than you had, you know, prior weeks after last week and with Malcolm Brown now expected to miss at least three weeks, obviously being on, um, on injured reserve. I mean, the thing about it is, is when he's gotten touches, he's been productive this year, hasn't he, Adam? It's not like he's been getting, like, 12 to 14 touches and he's not doing shit with them. Like, every time they've given him the ball, he's he's produced. He's had good games. We've seen him play up in the passing game just like he did last year. Like this, He's actually back- over four and a half. He's at least four and a half yards per carry in every game he's gotten at least seven carries. He was top 12 last year in yards per route run amongst all running backs. I think it was like 15 or 20 or more targets. Like, he was up there, dude. And you're looking at, like, he is going to be the preferred passing down back. I think that he's going to give you... I, I I feel better about his value without Malcolm Brown there. But if he's able to sit there and, re, like, reacclimate himself as being that type of running back and show this coaching staff, this is where the run game... Because here's the thing. They haven't run the ball extremely well all season long. If Miles Gaskin can push together a few different games here and and give this rushing game some life, tell me how they go back to three eight three yards and a cloud of dust with Malcolm Brown. Like you have to be a total buffoon. Like there has to be some serious coach speak and idiotic dumbassery to go back to Malcolm Brown. And where we're going to hand the ball to him and he's going to get two yards. If you need three yards, Malcolm Brown can get you two. You need four yards, Malcolm Brown can get you two and a half. That's basically it, man. It's just a fact. So if Gaskin can give this rushing game some life, I think that there's a chance that he holds the job for the rest of the season. A few of the guys I want to get up in here, man. Um, we talked about him in previous weeks. Uh, two names that I want to bring up here specifically. Keenan Allen, people need to go get him now, now, now. We brought him up before 
Got to talk about him again. I feel like we're rehashing a few different names here, but we're not seeing these names pop up in the most traded players. So people are not making moves for that. So apparently we need to sit here and kick the volume to 11 and scream this in your ears some more because you're not making moves for these players. Keenan Allen is still getting the target share. He's top six in red zone opportunities. He hasn't scored a ton of touchdowns. The Chargers are going to continue to throw the ball. Keenan Allen is going to get fed. And, and this is not even playing into the narrative of Mike Williams had knee swelling. Knee swelling is not a good thing, people. Knee swelling is not something that like means that they're, it's all fine. We can just, we, we, we can wish it away. So Mike Williams misses any time. Keenan Allen is looking at possibly a 30% target share for those games that if he does misses. And I'm not projecting injuries, not saying it, but I'm going to lay out that range of outcomes on how Keenan Allen smashes and he walks into top two, top three wide receiver production because we've seen that last year is in his ceiling. Uh, the other guy that I got to get up in here, Adam, Michael Pittman. People are still sleeping, and I will own this. Dude, he he literally Previous mosses seasons, somebody every man, single week. Every single so week, good. he's mossing somebody. I, 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 you can't fight it. He's so good. He's playing really damn well. Is he the best? And this like, is from. Is he the best buy in dynasty right now? Yes, I. I he might have made a dynasty transaction article that came out the other day. Uh, I, and, and this is really what this comes down to, Adam, is you need to trade for Michael Pittman right now, even if you feel like it's being aggressive to do so, and you're having to buy high. If you're having to do that, we're just going to talk about his next three weeks, Adam. I he saw gets, it. He gets Tennessee. He gets the Jets. He gets Jacksonville. Tell me how in the hell you go and trade for Michael Pittman after those three games. How do you possibly get him on your team? I don't know how you would. If the chances are slim of you getting Michael Pittman right now after Tennessee, which is 27th, the Jets, which are 23rd, and the Jacksonville Jaguars, which are 32nd and past DVOA. After those three games, you don't have a shot. A not a shot to get Michael Pittman on your team. Go get him now, man, because right now, I mean, the window might barely be open. It's going to be shut after those three games. Thoughts on Pittman? What would you be giving, looking to be giving up to get him on your team? Um, I would, I, man, I, I'd be making some moves, dude, like being really strong in trades. Yeah, and like you might be able to get him a little bit for a little bit less because you can say, oh, T.Y. Hilton's back, even though he didn't practice all last week and was downgraded. So like he could easily miss next week and, and potentially beyond. Uh, Carson Wentz, looking at our advanced uh, passing numbers at FTN Fantasy, he's second in the NFL in deep passing completion percentage behind Kyler Murray. Wentz has played pretty well this year, but I feel like that's a Michael Pittman stat. It really is. Like how many times do they take shots down the field to Michael Pittman and he just makes a play over a defender? Like he he's awesome, baby. Yeah, he's awesome people. Like I wish we had an advanced metric that shows who leads the league in mosses. I promise you, it's either like Mike Williams Oof. or Michael Pittman. <laughs> we need a moss tool, <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, if we had one, Michael Pittman would be top five. I guarantee it. I guarantee he did it on Sunday night. Like I guarantee. I feel like my ears are burning, and I'm probably gonna get Brett is probably gonna be up in my DMs later today. 
about the fact that you do realize we have some type of metric over on FTN that maybe I've just glossed over. There's probably some Moss metric that I've I mean, just missed. Con- I mean, contested or, catches is obviously a metric, but like I want. I'm just saying, man. I'm probably gonna get it in my that, DMs that later today. Mean- like you know, we have this at FTN data, right? Like, come on, man. Like. Con- I know it's coming. Contested catches could also just be like in traffic, but I, I want straight up high point balls in the air, defender and receiver both go up for it, and Michael Pittman or whoever the receiver is comes down with it. I want the Moss metric. That's what I want. <laughs> and I promise you Michael Pittman would be top five. Oh, this is going to get brought up. I know my DMs are going to be lighting up. I don't even want to look at my phone right now. Give us one more player to trade away, Adam, before we get up out of here, my dude, and we talk about these uh, most traded players on CBS. Yeah, I mean, it's tough at this point with so many injuries and stuff to find a lot of players that you say you, you, you should just definitely trade away. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, I would say I would look to at least entertain offers for any of the Tampa Bay receivers. Just because there's obviously been some, especially with Chris Godwin. Really? I'm not. No, this is not like I'm really? saying. So Antonio Brown misses one game and your heart's broken and you're shipping him off, man. You hate no, to no, see I'm it. saying you I'm really saying, hate to see it, Adam. I'm saying if you can get if you can trade one of the Tampa Bay receivers for mm-hmm. a top six receiver, I would do it. Like if you can get okay. like I'd rather have I AJ mean. Brown rest of the season than Chris Godwin. So like that's a move I think you can maybe make. Um it's tough though because these quarterback injuries like are hurting the Seattle receivers. But if you can get like Stefan Diggs, um, AJ Brown for like Chris Godwin and, and somebody else, maybe like th- that's a move I would make. But like other than that, like don't trade them. Don't trade them for, you know, like this. Don't trade them for Seattle receivers in a piece because you think you're buying loans. Like you don't want Metcalf or Lockett rest of the season over the Tampa Bay guys. Like you just don't. Their offense is too good. And, and the, the Bucks don't care, man. They're up huge every week, and they're throwing. Like, Mike Evans had three touchdowns last week, and Brady threw a screen from the one-yard line and tried to get him his fourth. Like, they just don't care. Like, they're going to put up 40 so many times. So, like, I like Godwin, again, he's been a little bit inconsistent. Not consistent. He's been pretty bad other than week one and last week. And one of those weeks, Antonio Brown didn't play. So, if AB is back and Gronk's back, we might see more inconsistency. So, like... That's why I would try to trade. Like I would trade Godwin for Keenan Allen. I would trade Godwin in a piece for Keenan Allen or Diggs or AJ Brown. So that's a move I would make. But other than that, like if you can't really upgrade, sit tight because they're going to be good still. Um. So I, if you see me grinning through the screen, um, I, 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 I okay, I found it, Brett. I found it. Okay. Just so you know, I found the Moss metric. It it exists. It exists, baby, over at FTN Daily. We have a metric, man. Uh, it, this is, and I'm looking for it again, created reception metric, man. And this is defined over at FTN Daily. And if, look, this is the kind of stuff that is so deep that our data team is so kick ass, dude, that we are literally like, I, I said it earlier that like there's this metric probably exists and we have so much damn data on the site 
that I am literally probably have glossed over this. And I go pull up our advanced receiving. And I find it, my friend. The creative reception. Defined as difficult catches that require exceptional body control. Hands, <laughs> acrobatics, or any combination thereof. The boss metric. Who's uh who's among the league leaders? <laughs> Alright, let's go down the leaderboard, my dude. Um, and this has been updated with week week seven date, okay? Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, Corey Terry. Davis, Devontae Parker, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. So now we've made it, what, two, four, six players down. Number seven, Michael Pittman, baby. Yes. I was Michael wrong though. I said top five. Pittman. I mean, I mean, he's close. You got a, you got two players tied with eight. You got uh, three different players tied with six, or no, four, excuse me. And then Michael Pittman has five. I mean, he literally is screaming right outside the top five right there. Like, he would be inside of it, dude. He's a stud. Like, I, he's awesome, man. But this is the type of access and the type of data and the type of tools that we have over FTN Daily, FTN Fantasy, FTN Bets. This is the type of stuff that FTN Data finds, man. You love to see it. Like, we're learning new things on the show live. One player I want to get rid of before we get up out of here, Adam, and we go through these most traded players. I know I keep sound like I keep hating on this man, but I, I, it's an apparition. You saw the one good game. You need to get rid of him. Bob Woods, baby. It's not Bob Woods time. It's just not. All of his numbers are being falsely pumped up by the one big game against Seattle. You look at his target share, 20.3%. Take out the massive game. And I'm not saying that, like, okay, yes, people are like, but it, you can't just do that. You can't. He had one big game. Yes, we can do that when literally every other damn game, he has stunk. He has stunk, Adam, compared to where you drafted him for. Like, this is the type of production you've gotten out of Robert Woods outside of his one wide receiver eight finish, which he didn't even score in that game. I know he got fed volume, but... Still, all volume. Outside of that game, Adam. Wide receiver 46, wide receiver 44, wide receiver 65. Stop me when these numbers sound like they're just amazing. Wide receiver 27, wide receiver 37. You've gotten two startable games outside of the massive performance where he's been top 37. That's not even like, what? He has, uh, I mean, really one game where he's been better than flex worthy for you? That's not good, people. And all of his metrics have been bad, dude. Like, you look at his yards per route run. Wide receivers of 15 or more targets. He is immediately ahead of, and this is taking out the massive game, which is pumping up the numbers constantly. He's immediately ahead of Dante Pettis and Nico Collins in yards per route run this year, if you take out the one good game versus Seattle. Are those good players that you really want on your fantasy roster? No, people. So Robert Woods, this this passing attack is going to flow through Cooper Cup. I think we're going to see a Tyler Higby explosion maybe this week. Yes, but it's coming this soon. Week. Yes, it's it's coming soon. And so with that being said, I think Bob Woods got to get rid of him. If you haven't done so yet, you need to do it now because the big weeks are not coming back. I, they're just not. I, I hate to say it. Um, so before we get up out of here, Adam. Most traded four players. Going to roll through these pretty quick here uh, over at CBS. Get your thoughts here. Uh, apparently, nobody is trading for Allen Robinson, although he is on this list. 
can't uh, trade for I'm somebody not... that's on waivers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, but true, man. Uh, Calvin Ridley, we're both trading for, right? Absolutely. Uh, talked about Bob Woods in the most traded. If you can trade him away, please do so. Um, I'm hoping that a lot of people at CBS are making that move. Uh, Cordell Patterson, sure. If you could trade for him, congrats. I don't think many people are going to move for him, but the and move is to trade for. We can both take L's because about four weeks ago we said to trade him away. Yep. We said to trade him away and it happens, man. I mean, obviously we're going to get a lot of takes and we got that one wrong. It, um, it is what it is, dude. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I would still trade for because I think the his upside still exceeds that. I w- he's very specific, right? He's like, very. It if depends you need on a receiver, what you're giving up. Yeah, but if me. if you need an upgraded receiver, sure. But if you have him on your team, you can get like Justin Jefferson or mm-hmm. like Stefan yeah. Diggs or something. Like, yeah, the touchdowns I, are great, but like I would still rather have Jefferson Diggs. Tell me this: Would you take DeAndre Hopkins or Keenan Allen rest of season? Keenan Allen. Yeah, I'm kind of on Keenan Allen there. And I think that's a move you can make, too. I think if you were to move positionally, um, I, I would take Keenan Allen the rest of the season over him. I think like Hopkins scored better. a one-yard touchdown last week. And it's cool. He's going to be good still. But like if he doesn't score yep. these touchdowns, he's got seven. Like He's been touchdown. To, he's been Adam Thielen this year almost. He just stole the words out of my mouth. He's exactly. He's Adam Thielen. It's, that's all and he it's is, weird dude. because I don't know, we've talked about him enough. Like I'm not saying you just... You know, you trade DeAndre Hopkins because you yeah. you have to, but if you depends can upgrade the, a receiver, it depends on your do receiver it. room. So here's another thing: Would you take? And this might be really controversial, man. Um, would you take DeAndre Hopkins? Or would you take Michael Pittman rest of the season? I would sheer take upside. I would take Hopkins. Okay, Come okay. On. Just I've not seen the line, man. I've seen the line, okay? <laughs> like um, the, the line I was going down to is like AJ Brown. Who appears to be back, you know, like players. So you're not in leaving that the range. you're not leaving the friendly confines of wide receiver one territory. I got you. Yeah, like I, at worst, I would go to like high end. Like here's a good Terry one. Terry McLaurin. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say. I knew you were gonna go there. This. <laughs> oh, here's two, three, three good ones okay. before we get okay, out of okay, here. Okay. Okay. Terry McLaurin. I'd rather have Terry. I same. No, same. Same. Conviction. Debo. Samuel, who I wrote about today or Devo. this week, give me Devo. He's had at least a twenty six percent target share, and every he's getting the targets that the other half is getting. Entire passing, year. he's their entire passing. He offense. has like forty percent of their receiving yards. Like, yep. Chris Collinsworth was talking about it on the broadcast. It's like he's oh, like getting Devontae Adams type usage. I love Collinsworth. Relax, dude. Collinsworth's great. Um, and then last one was DJ Moore. Oh, I would take DJ Moore. Yeah, he's getting targets, and like even his bad games are six for seventy-three. D- DJ Moore, and and spoiler, spoiler, DJ Moore is going to show people some things this week. It's going to happen. Yeah, so like uh, like that range, you can still, and I think Hopkins is like Hopkins is still awesome. He's going to be really good. He's an incredible football player. He's one of the best receivers we've seen in the league. But because of that, most people would say, "Oh, you're going to trade me Hopkins for Terry McLaurin? Sure, I'll take DeAndre Hopkins." And it's like it's a lot closer than. Some people or most people probably think it is. So Keenan Allen, obviously mentioned Diggs and Ridley. What about Jamar Chase? Oh, I'd take Chase. Yeah, it's hard not to at this point. I, I would I would take I would So take like Hopkins, Chase. I'm not really like I'm not trading him away. I'm not trading. Put it, put for it this him. way. I'm making moves. Why. I'm making slight upgrades if I can. You take Chase because Chase literally has top wide receiver one, top three 
upside rest of the yeah. season. Because the thing with and Chase is I don't is think like, you can make that case for DeAndre Hopkins. I on don't. one end, Chase is getting ridiculously like ridiculously large, huge splash plays every week. That's not sustainable because he's but, really good. Right. Dang good. He's really good. But on the other end, he's also not getting crazy targets, which could easily come up. Right. Like. Chase is their neutral passing a rates. I didn't want to push back on you too hard on it earlier. Their neutral passing rates have come up over the last right. three weeks. As Burrow got more like comfortable, yeah. they have been throwing more. I, they're top. That's a, that's they're point. top ten over the last three weeks. They're still playing over. incredibly slow, but their passing rate yeah. has definitely gone up. Their that's pace has come up some though. It's it was like bottom five, and now they're in the mid twenties. Low or uh, they're like I mean they, they were twenty first last time I looked at it. I haven't gotten to they were thirty second before last week in seconds per play. They were they were last. Yeah, so I think that some of this is game script, but this is also, like, we talked about it, like, still with, with with this, like, Cincinnati Bengals can run faster and can pass more. In the other iterations of this offense, we've seen be more run heavy. Okay, that's fine. Joe Burrow has basically been Ryan freaking Tannehill. Like, he's he's been super stupid efficient off of whatever volume they've given him. So you're talking about a guy that, in Joe Burrow's range of outcomes for the rest of the season, the floor is previous year's Ryan Tannehill. The ceiling is previous year's Dak Prescott. I mean, am I wrong here? Like, if they go pace up at any point in this year and their passing rate is at 60 to 65% neutral game scripts, it's Dak Prescott level. At the floor, we've seen five. If they pace down and they're super efficient to hell and back, he's Ryan Tannehill. How is that not right? It's a good point. And I mean, like, literally, that's his range of outcomes the rest of the season. Yeah, and he's obviously, like, he's already one of the best splash receivers in the NFL. But, like, if the targets go up, like, you don't need them as much. So No, yeah. if they pace up and help. Dude, at the volume, we're talking about T. Higgins got 15 freaking targets last week. If that even flows back to Jamar Chase or anything happens, like, it, I mean, literally Chase's upside is to the moon and back. So, yeah, give give me him over DeAndre Hopkins. All right, everyone, that is our trade episode four, walking into week eight. Again, Adam and I are going to be live over at Top Prop Fantasy today doing their Twitter takeover, doing an AMA, walking you through the battleground Get signed up there today with the promo code FTN. Uh, they will give you $10 free to get in on these contests. Import your leagues from ESPN or Yahoo. Get making these head-to-head contests today. It's a way to get your buy-in back for your fantasy leagues where, hey, maybe you're staring at 0-5. Maybe you're staring at 0-6 or whatever. You haven't won any games. You've lost five. You've lost six. You're just done. This is a way to get that buy-in back. Adam is going to be back later this week walking you through uh, things to get, help you get your roster set for week eight, as well as the DFS game by game breakdown. You don't want to miss those episodes. Fade the Chalk Live. We are out. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Fade the Chalk with Derek and Adam. Make sure to follow your hosts and the podcast on Twitter at DBRO underscore FFB at AP Pfeiffer 24 and at Chalk Fade. Smash that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.